As we prepare to hear the message, let's say together a prayer as we read from the word. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. John 1, 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, church family. I trust that you are well. Uh, we are uh, in the season of being surprised by God, the season of epiphany. And I trust that this morning as we continue uh, this series of messages that you would make the prayer of your heart that the Lord would open your and my eyes so that we would behold, that we would see him perhaps in surprising places. The world appears to be very different to what we're used to, and for many of us, there is perhaps the question, where is the Lord in all of this? We thank God for the provision of his word that gives us our hope. And so this morning, I pray that you would join me with open hearts, open minds, open ears, open eyes to see the very presence of God with you in your life and in our world. I want to start a little differently this morning. I want to invite you just to bow your heads where you are, and I want you to think about the needs of your life, the desires of your life. Perhaps for some of us this morning, we are anxious, we are concerned. I've heard many say that they are just simply fatigued by all of what is going on. And yet there are some amongst us, and we thank God for them, that are optimistic, <laughs> looking forward with hope to that which is to come. Wherever you are this morning, I invite you now to pray that the Lord Jesus Christ, the one who reveals himself to us through his word, would make himself known to you in your life and in your circumstance. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for your word that gives us a greater story within which to find ourselves. There are many competing stories, competing narratives in our world that seems to be big stories. Uh, political unrest, uh, injustice, pandemics. 
And yet, Father, we are a storied people, a people that finds our hope in the great story that you have told and continue to tell through your people. Your word for us is more than just theory and uh, theological prose and ideas. It is the revelation of a God who from the beginning has planned to be in a restorative, life-giving relationship with all of creation. And in this present season of life, I pray that we would find our hope in the one who is ultimate. May we hear your word with an openness and a humility. May you surprise us this morning as you minister to us. May those of us who may not necessarily expect much be surprised by the ministry of your spirit and the revelation of your presence. I ask this in Jesus' mighty name, the one who has overcome Satan's sin and death and in whose name we share the victory over death. Amen. Amen. When is the last time you were surprised by God? When is the last time that your faith was upended in some way to, to perceive of God uh, in a way that maybe has escaped you before? The invitation that Philip makes to the skeptic Nathaniel in the scriptural text is, Come and see. I think that's a wonderful way to respond to doubt and fear and skepticism. Uh, Philip seems to demonstrate what I think the season invites us to do. It's to be open to come and see who Jesus truly is. To become open to maybe going beyond our expectations and the places and the people we have said, nah, you know, that may not be where God is interested in showing up. Uh, in short, to be open to being surprised by God's presence in our lives and in our world. Nathaniel, uh, I think we ought to place ourselves in his shoes or probably his sandals is more biblically accurate. Uh, Jesus would say of Nathanael that he is a um, true Israelite in whom there was no deceit. Uh, I mean, that's, that's quite a, a, a revelation of Jesus about the character and the nature of Nathanael, a devout Jew. And as a devout Jew in whom there was no deceit, Nathanael must have known the Old Testament scriptures. He must have been very familiar with what was said in the Old Testament about the coming Messiah. In fact, when Philip invites him to come and see Jesus of Nazareth, uh, Nathanael would have thought back and thought, what you're already saying to me doesn't make sense. The Messiah will not come from a place like Nazareth. In fact, all of the Old Testament scripture, including Israel's oral tradition, has no reference to Nazareth being linked with the coming Messiah. 
This devout Jew in whom there's no deceit has no reason to expect that the Messiah would show up from such an unlikely place. Just a few hundred people, historians tell us, at the time of Jesus, no significant commerce, no significant leaders, no significant prophecy. Nothing would have made Nathaniel believe that Jesus the Messiah would show up in such a place, from such a place, and at such a time. I think that uh, Nathaniel helps us this morning to recognize that sometimes we are more like him than we dare to admit. That there are times what we know may stand in the way of the revelation of God in our lives. There are times that what we expect might keep us from seeing the revelation of God in our world. And so I want to reframe the invitation for us in this season of life with all that it is held, all the uncertainty, all the dislocation, all the confusion surrounding what is really happening and what will happen, to come and see, to be drawn out of our skepticism. Perhaps there's someone this morning, you're just really skeptical about this whole faith thing, this whole God thing. Maybe there's a Christian today saying, you know, Stu, I, my life has, has, has kind of not gone the way that I had anticipated, and I'm kind of looking to God with this big question mark. Are you still faithful? Are you still present? But the invitation might be for each and every one of us, irrespective of where we find ourselves, to be drawn out of our skepticism, out of our doubt, out of our unbelief into the surprising revelation of God who, according to Scripture, is made known through Jesus. So who is this Jesus that we see in the text? Who is the one that is being revealed? Uh, the, the first uh, revelation of Jesus is this, that he is the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament. Now, now you may not be, you know, you're saying still, I could have got that in my own Bible study. No big insight there. Perhaps so. But, but I want you to hear what Philip says to Nathaniel. We have found him uh, about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. Uh, Philip is telling Nathaniel that, that everything that the Old Testament was pointing towards was now present with them. That the, the law and the prophets is a way of summing up everything that has happened before, everything that was said before, and it is making this profound point, Philip is at least to Nathaniel, that now we are seeing the fulfillment of all that has been hoped for. In fact, the New Testament writers, they, 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 they seem to consistently want to show us in the Gospels and in Paul's writings that Jesus was already already a part of the plan from the beginning. In fact, John would start his gospel by saying, the word that was from the beginning has now stepped into this world, that there is a sense in which the one that is being described in the text is the one that God had always planned to fulfill his promise. Not only is Jesus the fulfillment of all the Old Testament, but according to Philip, he is the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Jesus had an earthly father. He was uh, 
born to a, a, a family that was considered to be from a particular place and time. In, in the patriarchal culture of Jesus' day, uh, children were described as the son or the daughter of the father. So Luke would be, when you know he's in a public gathering, he would be uh, uh, defined, uh, addressed as Luke, the son of the great Stu Williams. Jesus was the son of Joseph. And this is quite significant, really, because Joseph, as a descendant of David, would then allow Jesus to stand as a fulfillment of the Old Testament that says the Messiah would stand in the line, in the heritage of King David. I think that's kind of neat. But it is... Nathaniel, who says this, you are the son of God and the king of Israel. Now, now, now get this, for reasons that were not, we're not really told, other than Jesus sees him under a fig tree and lets him know that he had seen him, other than Jesus had identified him as a Israelite in whom there is no deceit, Nathaniel moves from full-blown skeptic to affirming Jesus as the son of God in rather spectacular speed and fashion. And it is true what Nathaniel is confessing. You, Jesus, are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. But I get the sense that just like many who begin to see who Jesus is and may even confess who they believe him to be, that there is more to Jesus than what Nathaniel is even able to confess in this moment. The Son of God, the King of Israel, I think Jesus' response to Nathaniel says, listen, you have seen nothing yet about what it means for me to be the Son of God and the King of Israel. I will be more than just the King of Israel. I will be the cosmic Christ that restores all humanity. In another way of saying it, Nathaniel, you got it right, but you don't have it all. I'm going to reveal to you who I am beyond even what you expect me to be. Now, let me say this to you. I, I think that's very important. <laughs> you know, if I could say this kind of, you know, anecdotally, that I think there are many of us who would, who would just want Jesus to be our Savior, we would like him to, to be for our kind or for people like us. Or we would want him to kind of fulfill what we would want from his life. And there's complete truth in what Nathaniel is saying. But there is the evidence of the gospel text that would suggest that even those who confess Jesus Christ will be surprised by the kind of God that he reveals himself to be. And Christians who follow this Jesus ought to do so with incredible humility and openness to his revelation in their life. It doesn't matter how long you follow Jesus. It doesn't matter how much you know. This Jesus that has come is all that we need, but he is more than we need, for he's come to make all things right. Nathaniel, you got it right, but there's so much more. Nathaniel, you've got it, but, but, but there's, there's a greater revelation. And, and this is where I, I, I want to kind of point towards this morning. If you're still with me, just say amen. 
Jesus is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament. Jesus is the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Jesus is the son of God and the king of Israel. And then Jesus, in his own words, we've heard from Philip, we've heard from Nathaniel, but Jesus reveals himself. And I'm going to borrow an old Led Zeppelin tune that was written in 1971 for this next point. We can redeem the secular. Jesus is the stairway to heaven. Some of you are getting real blessed now, not because of what I said, but because of the reference I made. Get this. The son of Israel, the son of Joseph, who is the son of God and the king of Israel, is more than that. He is the way to heaven. He is the stairway to heaven. Here's what the scripture says. Very truly, I tell you, Jesus responds to Nathaniel. You will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, our text this morning, in order for us to just kind of start grasping what this potentially could mean for us, and I want to admit from the outset before I get into this, that I don't think I can explain all of this. I don't think I understand it all, and many scholars are struggling to really understand what Jesus is saying here. But there's some Old Testament experience that might illuminate, that might help us as we open ourselves to the revelation of God with us. Our text this morning points us back to thousands of years prior where Jesus showed up to a man in a dream named Jacob, an unlikely man. In fact, if Nathaniel is described as a Jew in whom there is no deceit, Jacob is a man in whom there was a lot of deceit. The reference that Jesus makes to the stairway to heaven was revealed, came to Jacob at a time in which he was running, fleeing the potential wrath of his brother Esau. In fact, the Bible describes Jacob this way. The Bible says that even in the womb, Jacob was trying to trip up his brother by holding, up, holding on to his heel. <laughs> His desire to get ahead led him to, to deceive his father, trick his brother. And because of this, he finds himself running away from everything he knew to a place he didn't know where he was going with very little with him other than the clothes on his back. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> That it is as Jacob is running and puts his head down on a rock as a pillow that he has this dream of a, a ladder that, that, that touches the earth and ascends into the heaven. And there he beholds these angels going up and down on this ladder. It is hard to know exactly what Jesus is saying to us other than to look at the Old Testament text and ask ourselves, what did it mean for Nathaniel? What did it mean for Jacob? My apology. I think, in short, the dream that Jacob has is a, is a revelation that God was still with the deceiver and the one who was fleeing his wrongdoing. 
I think that Jesus, when looking back to Jacob's ladder and Jacob's dream, is saying to Nathaniel that, that not only is he more than what he thinks him to be, but he is the one who showed up in the Old Testament through a revelation to a man that would become the father of the nation of Israel. He is the one who has been from the beginning, like John has said. What was revealed to Jacob in a dream is now personified, incarnated, made alive before Nathaniel. I am the word who was in the beginning. I am the ladder that showed up in Jacob's dream. And I am the God who now stands before you in person. You say, so what? Maybe some good information. So what does that mean? I want to read for you from Genesis chapter 28 uh, what the experience was like for Jacob. This is what it says, reading from verse 12. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Listen to this. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised. And then hear what Jacob does. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. In fact, he would name the place Bethel. Bethel means house of God. And this is what he says. Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not cognizant of it. Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not expecting the Lord to be in this place. Surely Nathaniel, the Lord is showing up here to you in this place even though you were not expecting him. Church of God this morning, the Lord is in this place even when we are not looking for him. I thank God for the faithful witness of scripture that says this to us. The one who revealed himself to Jacob is the one that is incarnate in Jesus Christ and presents himself with these words to us, words that we affirmed at Christmas. Emmanuel, God is with us. Church of God in this season where we're all looking around, asking questions. We feel disheveled. We feel unsettled. We're asking questions. We rest our heads like Jacob did in a place where we affirm the presence of God with us. Do you believe he's still with you? How awesome is this place, says Jacob. <laughs> uh, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate to heaven. Now, I, 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 <laughs> Jacob, the heel grabber, I have him in my notes. 
Do you know what happens to Jacob in his life? He, he wrestles with that strong man in Scripture. I don't know. You know, kind of like this divine wrestling that happens. You know, in that encounter where he wrestles with a strong man, he, he doesn't want to let go until God blesses him. You see, the curse that he brought upon himself, uh, that, that, that wrong that he did, he knew, and, and he held on for dear life until God would bless him. You know how God blesses him? God blesses him in a profound way by fulfilling what God said he would do and changing his name from Jacob the deceiver to Israel. When God is in this place, when God is present, when God shows up contrary to our own expectations, maybe there's some of us who, who, who feels like, I don't think God will show up to me because I, I'm not worthy of that. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe God's plans has, has kind of been derailed. God is a little bigger than that. He's more committed to his plan. Than we think. Maybe there's somebody here who's, who's you know, listening to me this morning and you're kind of going, you know what, uh, Stu, I, I can't quite relate to Jacob, but I know what it likes to be me. And in this season, I, I'm not sure uh, about God's presence. I'm not sure that the person that reveals himself to Nathaniel and Philip and the disciples is interested in my life. Perhaps God wants to surprise you today. Despite the things you've done, despite the running you've had and made, despite the, the distancing from him, maybe there's someone here this morning listening to me that God is, is coming after you despite yourself. He, his plan is, is, is including you, but it is more than you. But he cares about you. He, he desires for you to be a part of this great unfolding story of salvation, not only for our sake, but for the sake of this world. But what does it mean? What does it mean that God is here? What does it mean that Jesus equates himself as the stairway to heaven? I'm just going to be a little speculative. It's okay. Uh, the stairway has this connotation of not only something that, that ascends, like God's interested in having Jesus bring things from earth up to heaven, but he, he's interested in bringing things of heaven down to earth. If there's something that, that Jesus makes very clear in his teaching and in his ministry, it is not... This theology that says God's primary objective is to get us on that eternal bound flight out of here. There seems to be something about the revelation of what it means for God to be here that says he, he wants to open up heaven to earth. And he wants earth to become open to heaven. It is, it is, it, it is wonderfully demonstrated in Jesus' prayer. Uh, Father, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. It seems like Jesus is that, is that catalyst, uh, the, the, the only one that can bring a restored relationship between the divine and the human, the heavens and the earth. For those of us who are Christians, what would that mean? It would mean that we care 
We love the things of God in this world, but we are open to the things of God that comes only from God. It means that we can offer ourselves as living sacrifices through Christ to the work and the witness of God in this world, but it means that we are also open receptacles to the Spirit of God being, being bestowed, being poured out in us. Jesus as our mediator, Jesus as the, the latter, Jesus as the new temple invites us to come and experience Experience the fullness of God, not so we would be disconnected from this world, but that the fullness of God would be revealed in this world, that we would be what he has said Jacob would be, a one that blesses all the nations. For Jesus to be the stairway to heaven means that things that are not possible without him is now possible for the church of God, to which all people say, Amen. I think Jesus as the stairway in this particular text also means that we have to become open. Open to discerning his work and his presence in places that we may not be looking. In situations that we have written off. You know what they say about assumptions? Nathaniel had some assumptions. We carry some assumptions. I wonder if this particular season for us is, a, is an opportunity to, to humble ourselves and to become open beyond what we think are the work of God and the ways of God. I wonder if this season is a season in which we are not so much looking for a fresh revelation, but we are looking for the one that has already made himself known. I wonder if you look at your life and you begin to ask, where is Jesus present? Maybe a good starting point is to look for where you haven't looked before. Maybe for some of us, we have to ask some questions today. Well, what thoughts do I have about God that is keeping me in fear and distant from Him? Well, what, what thoughts do I have about myself that prevents me from being open to seeing the work of God in me and in others? We live in a day and age where many people have very strong opinions. You know, they, they say Canadians are kind and polite, and they certainly are, but that doesn't mean Canadians don't have strong opinions. Our opinions seem to grow in conviction. The older we get, the smarter we get, the more we read, the more life experience we have. But at no point ever do we as followers of Jesus Christ not come humbly before the one that is greater than all we know, with humble expectation and need for him to be what only he can be. He is the Son of God. He is the King of Israel, but he is also the Savior of the world. The extent to which we believe that as the church will influence how we live day by day. Oh, friends, 
I've always thought that the invitation to look to Jesus is, is, is a clear and, and an easy one, but I've come to realize that sometimes seeing Jesus requires a, a humility of heart that says, God, sometimes I don't want to see you. Sometimes I don't want to believe that life could be this way, and yet you will be there. I, I, I have to be honest, my friends. I, I think that an openness to this season of life for all of us is so essential to how we will live faithfully in the days that lay ahead. May God, by His grace and through His Spirit, help us to come and see the risen Christ, the one who is true, and the one who is faithful. I wonder this morning, as you have heard the word from your living room, or perhaps you're still reclining in your bed. Uh, maybe there's someone here that is not familiar with our church. You, you, are, um, you kind of flipped through YouTube, and you saw this good-looking guy, and you thought, I'll give him a moment. I wonder if... The Lord has spoken to you. The Spirit has spoken to you. I wonder if the Lord's invitation is to come and find that which your heart longs for, that which you need. I wonder if there are some of us who are part of this community of faith and, and we've been following Jesus for a long while that, that needs to be awoken, that needs to be stirred to, to, to awaken within us a desire to see God in new ways, in fresh ways. I'm always reminded of the, the, the last book in the Bible that speaks about the church that have kind of grown cold. They've, they've lost their first love. I remember the first time I saw my wife. I remember the feelings that were there. Do you, you know, for those of you who are married or or in a relationship, that, that first moments, those first moments of, of beauty and apprehension, those first moments of love and, and commitment that was starting to develop within us. I, I wonder if this invitation could be ours as the church. That our faith would be rekindled. That our commitment would be renewed. That our love would be strengthened by the grace and the mercy of the Lord. Let us pray. Father God, your invitation in your word is to come and see. See the one that Philip and Nathaniel describes to see the one who reveals himself. Uh, to be open to what you want us to see and how you want to be known. May we not be a people that, that limits who you are to just what we think. Create within us a a humility that makes us open to the surprise of God in unlikely places and unlikely people. Perhaps for some of us, our lives seems to be a place where you are not quite present right now. 
I pray, Lord, that you would make yourself known to such a person. I pray for that person who is reaching out in faith saying, I want my eyes to be open to see that which has so far escaped me. I want to, I want to become a, a follower of this Jesus Christ that has come to set things right. I pray that by your grace you would not only offer forgiveness, but peace, hope, and life. Father, by your Spirit, calm our fears with the assurance that comes from your Word that you are Bethel. You are the presence of the divine amongst us through your Spirit. We ought, Lord, not to fear and be as anxious as we are, but we confess to you that we allow ourselves to look at everything else before we are open to your epiphany, your surprise, your revelation, I pray today that for me and for us, we would behold the Lamb of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Before I offer a word of blessing and benediction, I want to encourage you. If you have been following, and we've become aware that some have been following our services online, we've never met you in person. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, on our website, there's ways to reach out and let us know, and we would be more than uh, delighted to respond and to speak to you about our church, our beliefs, and the vision that God has given us as a community of faith. Now for all of you who are here, the assembled people in your respective homes or wherever you're looking or watching the service from. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen.